all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus speaks these words to the crowds, to his followers. But in particular, he, speak, he speaks these words in this ongoing tension, this back and forth with the religious leaders of his days. Pharisees, scribes, chief priests, and others. And part of the reason we see this tension and, and what's been playing out in our lectionary text for the last several weeks is, is the latter part of the Gospel of Matthew is, is he did a series of parables that seemed to be targeting in some ways this uh, tension between the teachings of Jesus uh, and the teachings of the Pharisees. And the Pharisees have become quite threatened by Jesus because he's leading in a different way and he's questioning their authority and pointing out to them their hypocrisy. So that's our first point today, is that Jesus calls out hypocrisy. Now, in Matthew 23, which we got a little taste of, it's actually, there's an entire chapter uh, uh, dedicated to this tension that Jesus has with the disciples. So we're going to look at a couple of these uh, examples of how Jesus calls out the hypocrisy. He says, the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit on Moses' seat, in other words, they sit in a place of, of authority. Moses was the lawgiver, the one that God chose to bring the commandments to the people. And so the Pharisees are really in that line. They have that authority. They have that place of importance. And it's important to, to note that he says they sit on Moses' seat and therefore do whatever they teach you. So there's some things that the Pharisees uh, get right. Uh, so do what they teach you and follow it. Oh, let's go back uh, and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. So the word hypocrisy has a very simple understanding. It's when what you say doesn't match what you do, or really what, when, you, when what your actions don't line up. And so that's Jesus' basic allegation against the Pharisees, is you're teaching all these people but you're not actually following through, or you're, you're emphasizing the wrong things and missing the bigger things. So a couple more examples of this, and, and this is beyond the reading we had today. It says, and he does a series of these, woe to you. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cross land and sea to make a single convert. And when you make a convert, they become twice as much the child of hell as yourselves. Wow, right? Think about that. Uh, twice the child of hell as you. If you wondered why the Pharisees didn't like Jesus, here's an example. He's, he really calls them out. And what he means by that, if you go on to the next one, he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Uh, in, in an example of twice the child of hell is they're emphasizing little things and missing big things. You tithe mint and dill and cumin, and rejected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. So in other words, the Pharisees on the surface are teaching allegiance or following the commandments of God, but they're missing the bigger picture. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, love God, love neighbor. That's the basic teachings of the entire Bible, and that 
Those are the weightier matters, mercy, justice, faith, instead of just following rules, which is, I think, what Jesus is pointing out. And then just another one, he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful, but inside they are filled with bones of the dead and all kinds of filth. Wow. In other words, he's saying you make it look good on the outside, but inside you're rotten. One of the things that that Jesus points out to the Pharisees is they love to have the best seat at the banquet. They love to be seen in public as being faithful, but they haven't done the interior work to strengthen their relationship with God, and so they look good on the outside, but the inside, not so much. And he calls them hypocrites. Now, I have a theory about children. We were talking about children earlier. If you have, if you have your own kids, I think you'll know what I mean. Children at a certain age develop a hypocrisy detector, and they find when a parent doesn't do what they say, and they, 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 it's like a gotcha moment, and kids will always, you can't fool them. And I think sometimes this idea of a, a hypocrisy detector is something that as human beings we really like to do. It's not just kids who can do this. We do this all the time, whether it's public officials or whomever, uh, when someone puts themselves up on a pedestal and then it turns out that they are not perfect or they're hypocrites in some kind of way, we put them on the pedestal and then we tear them right down. It's something human nature. And so Jesus says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so if someone puts you on the pedestal, maybe take yourself down and live a humble life. Don't puff yourself up. Don't seek that kind of recognition, because if you do, you're holding yourself as a big target. And the truth is, we all fall short. Not one of us can withstand the kind of critique of our life and and hold up ourselves to be perfect in following the path of God. So Jesus does an outstanding job of calling out the Pharisees, but the truth is he could call all of us out too. The word hypocrite, I I looked this up, it's interesting, In, in its original language it literally translates as someone who interprets from underneath or from behind. And it referred to, in Greek culture, actors on the stage. So if you went to a play in ancient Greece, uh, the actors were called hypocrites because they, they put on a mask to represent the different characters they were playing. And so they were interpreting the story from underneath a mask. And I was thinking about masks and the masks that we wear. We just had Halloween Oh, we've also just gone through a pandemic, and many of us wore masks for our own safety and for the love of neighbor. Some of us still do at certain times. But I was thinking about it in the last couple of weeks. I got a new phone, and uh, my phone has the facial recognition. How many of you have a phone with facial recognition? It's great. Then you don't have to type in your code or whatever. And as I was setting up my phone, it said, do you want to put on your mask? Because in the pandemic, with the old phone, if you had your mask on and you were in public and you wanted to look at it, it wouldn't open. And then you had to type in the number or whatever. 
And the new ones, they have a new technology that even with your mask on, it can recognize your face so that if you're in public, you don't have to, you know, pull it down. I thought, well, that's an interesting new technology. So I was thinking about what we lost when we wore masks in the pandemic. And it wasn't just the inconvenience of it. It was that we couldn't see each other's face. We couldn't see each other's facial expressions, body language, and there was something uh, that got lost there. And maybe uh, a mask also um, allowed people not to reveal their face. Maybe sometimes we liked having the mask on because we could sort of hide some of our uh, emotions at times. But think about the masks that we wear that are invisible. The masks that we wear to the world, where we pretend that we've got it all put together, where nothing bothers us, and someone asks, how are you doing? And you say, I'm okay. And you're really not. We're going through a lot, but you're just not wanting to show it. Or I have one where I call it, it's church, I call it church face, where you're in the lobby and you're nice and you're talking about the weather or sports, but we're never really letting people in to show them our heart. And so we wear a mask or we play a role. And sometimes that's not a bad thing. But the truth is, many of us mask our true selves in our relationship with God. And what Jesus calls the Pharisees out on, this idea of hypocrisy, as I said, I think to be human is to be a hypocrite. And at some point, we have to face the reality that we're not perfect, we're not supposed to be perfect, and that's okay. We need to look honestly at ourselves, honestly in our relationship with God, and know that even as hypocrites, we are loved by God. Even as those who fall short, we are deeply loved. And God's love for you is not based on your merit. It's based that you are a child of God. As flawed, as imperfect, as hypocritical as you might be, that is not important to God. What's important to God is our heart. And so Jesus offers us a new way, a new path, that we don't have to just try to follow all the rules of the Old Testament. We don't have to try to be perfect. We don't always have to call balls and strikes on other people either because there's a certain amount of hypocrisy when we're calling out other people's hypocrisy. So Jesus offers us a new path, and he tells his disciples, this is earlier in Matthew, he gives them a, a, a new path, and this is a passage that we know, but it's worth holding up again because it is so liberating. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Contrast this to the Pharisees who are adding burdens onto the shoulders of their followers. Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. I'll take the burden from you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and I will give you rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, you don't have to worry. I've got it all taken care of. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, we've been given a gift, a gift of amazing love and grace, a gift of mercy and forgiveness that is free. We don't have to earn it. We can't lose it. It's a gift for us to accept, 
to receive and to allow it to change our heart from the inside out. The path of Jesus is liberating. It gives us hope for an eternal future, but the Spirit to sustain us in this one. So let us walk humbly. Let us build each other up rather than tear each other down and to share God's amazing love. Amen.